Hello and welcome to the Data Busters podcast, the podcast for all things school data. We're back for the second series of Data Busters as we kick off the new academic year with a quick look back at the extraordinary events of the summer and the first few weeks of the most unusual school term any of us will ever have experienced. With everyone back in school, well, until we started to see bubbles bursting in early September, one question which has occupied everyone's thoughts is just how much learning loss we might be looking at and how we might go about assessing where our pupils are in their learning. As ever, we've been thinking hard about what all this means for the world of education data and considering what schools should do with the information which they've been gathering. I'm Richard Selfridge, author of Data Busting for Schools, and joining me as always is Jamie Pembroke, data buster extraordinaire, insight facilitator and all-round data guru. Hey Jamie, how are you? I'm all right, mate. Oh, <laughs> you all right? Well, I'm not too bad. You know, again, we're, this is our first recording that we've had to October, and that's largely just because it's been, it's just been full on since the beginning of term. Everything's just been very busy, a lot of things going on. Um, I'm, I'm teaching normally two days a week, but I've been in school quite a lot because we're just having to cover for other people, just so busy. And it's just been a, it's been a cracking old time, hasn't it? I mean, again, the last time we recorded was, uh, was in June, um, which wow. seems like a very long time ago. It really does. Um, as we were coming out of uh, of all of the lockdowns and people were beginning to you know plan for things, we were yeah. able to do some stuff, and that's not quite where we are now. Yeah, yeah, it's like a yeah. false dawn, wasn't it? Exactly. And then we had that whole um, experience of the summer. I, we had a fascinating time. Um, we were supposed to go to France. We didn't go to France. We went to Scotland, um, yeah. and we were there. Um, so we met some friends up there who uh, who had children who were getting uh, hires results. And, uh, so, which was obviously the week before um, results came out in uh, in England, um, and you could see what was going to happen in England at the time. You could see it rolling down the track where they, yeah. in Scotland, yeah. as you know, they uh, yeah. they gave everybody um, centre assessed grades or effectively centre assessed grades. Um, uh, eventually, having yeah. having decided that uh, that the moderated the system of moderation that they put in place just wasn't going to work, and yeah. you could almost see this train rolling down the line in England. Yeah. And yeah. We had yeah. all of that yeah. chaos. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I know yeah. you had personal experience of that, obviously, because yeah, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. So, well, actually, I mean, Martha, my daughter, she got her A level grades, and they didn't change, but some of her friends mm. uh, did um, mm. because the initial grades they didn't get on the courses that they wanted to get onto, and yeah. then the grades got changed, and then they could get on the courses that, but so, but then the it course was a the, nightmare the... for universities, wasn't it? Absolutely. Exactly, because they'd, they'd given places um, to yeah. people based on the yeah. grades which they'd been yeah. allocated effectively. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then, of course, you know, we very quickly had the, uh, the, that crazy period where we had um, decisions being made and we went back to the centre assessed grades, yeah. which annoyingly kept being referred to in the media um, and the press as, as teacher assessed grades. Yeah. And, you know, for all of us involved, we just, you kind of shouting at people saying, this is not the case. These, it's not just some teacher randomly saying, oh, yeah, I think this yeah. child gets this yeah, yeah, grade. Yeah, yeah. You know, those, uh, those of you who work in schools will probably know that, uh, yeah, they, it was a huge process. You know, t- head teachers had to sign, you know, sign in blood to say that uh, things were centre assessed grades. And yeah. so this, this narrative that some schools, you know, inflated results, um, uh, that was, it was questionable at best. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, you, you're gonna. The, the crazy thing is that um, people are out there in the media are are accusing teachers of cheating or making stuff up. But but this mm. is teachers saying and schools saying, uh, 
to the best of our knowledge and, and you know it's it can't be mm. perfect they're not sitting an exam and exams aren't perfect but anyway yeah. they're saying this is what i think this child would get you know mm. but but if yeah. everyone says that we know that they can't all be right it's impossible yeah. they can't all get you think that every year there are children you think uh will yeah. get a lower grade but get a higher grade you think that, that there'll be children that get a higher grade they get a lower grade you know but you think yeah. this is what i think they will get this is what i think that they are Worth, I suppose. That's the wrong word. But yeah. anyway, and, and it's not, obviously it can't all happen, but it's not um, teachers being deliberately, uh, I don't know, manipulating grades or anything. It's just, yeah. it's just the nature. Well, exactly, the it's the way it should go. So, and I think it also shone a very big light on the fact that uh, the grading system um, is designed at the moment to try and prevent grade inflation. People don't want to have no, more no, um, comparable, outcomes. comparable outcomes. So therefore, um, you know, it's all based on that. Yeah, and, if, you know, effects, yeah. if, if you don't have a massive change in prior attainment, then you shouldn't have a mm. massive change in final outcome, those, in those results. That's the, the idea, I believe, behind comparable Thanks. outcomes. It's trying to maintain um, mm. the standards sort of year on year and the distribution of grades year on year, roughly speaking. But um, yeah, I mean, it's... It's inevitable. Mm. You're going to teachers are going to be very honest, and they're going to give their opinions. Schools are going to collate these results, say this is what we think they'll get. But they can't mm. all. If it can't all be, if they were then to sit an exam, those would not mm. come to fruition. We know that lots of children do not get the grades that. Mm. But so, exactly, there's nothing. So I think there's nothing dodgy yeah. going on in schools. Yeah. It's, 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 Anyway, yeah, exactly. Sort of so we went through it. all of that, and again, I think, I mean, again, for all those colleagues in in secondaries, you know how difficult that situation was and how that yeah. period was. I think, again, we're recording um, during the day. Later on today, we're expecting some announcements yeah. um, as to what's what the plans are for this year. And again, there's lots of discussions about, uh, at the moment as to as to how we should move things. It looks like they're probably going to move um, GCSEs and A levels back in the school year. But again, it looks like there also might be a, a, a fallback plan because, of course, we had the crazy thing. At, point with the government announcing that they were going to use mocks as yeah. if that's a thing well, um, <laughs> that's, that could have been used in any meaningful yeah, way they were, using, like they were using a phrase yeah. like um uh, was it like yeah. a, a robust mock result yeah, you could use robust. A, what, what's a robust mock what is it yeah, um exactly what those mocks yeah. that are externally invigilated um yeah. by an independent mm. invigilator with a clipboard and um <laughs> some kind of monitoring un monitoring organization it's just ridiculous there's yeah. no such thing yeah, it has shone some very bright lights hasn't it on, on just a lot of things that we do so for example the moment that you know that currently that we still have you know there's a lot of weight that's placed on gcse results um at a point when children are still you know they're still staying in education beyond 16 you, yeah. know, you still have to be doing some education through to 18 yeah. and so there's all of those discussions and again it's going to be as we move forward just, it'll be fascinating to see what decisions are made mm. but it's, it's it's fair to say it's a fairly fluid situation at the moment yeah um, so we'll see how that develops in secondaries again in terms of primaries you know there hasn't been um too much because primaries obviously didn't have to do the sats but again we're, we're still awaiting announcements as to as to how things are what structures are going to be put in place yeah. um, for this year so that there is some well, sense so, of Yeah, so there's already been, obviously there are knock-on impacts to all these decisions and in primary mm. there are knock-on impacts. So last year mm. was supposed to be the first year that the reception baseline um, happened and that's been knocked back a year. Uh, there are schools that are um, uh, what they call early adopters um, mm. of the reception baseline this year. I think there are probably schools that plan to be early adopters 
well, I mean, all schools are supposed to be doing it, and then they said, well, we're not all going to, we're not all going to be doing it, um, yeah. and and then and then he said, but you can do it if you like. So <laughs> we had like three years ago, it was uh, of the reception baseline. There was a trial year, and mm-hmm. then there was a pilot year, and then it was supposed mm-hmm. to be full rollout, but that's actually an, now an early adopter year with the view yeah. to rolling it out properly next year. Same with the multiplication tables check mm. thing that was supposed to happen last year and that's not happening now yeah. so the knock and impact to that is the scrapping of um the key stage one that was supposed mm. to happen in like 2023 it's now mm. going to happen in 2024 because if you scrapped it earlier then you'd have children that have no baseline for a progress measure um and obviously there's a knock on impact in terms of progress eight with children going into secondary school without uh, key stage two uh, test results. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of um, knock-on impacts uh, from these Exactly, there's these a lot decisions. of things up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and one other thing that, uh, again, uh, is probably just uh, making clear for everybody is the fact that uh, the phonics screening check, which is usually um, undertaken in, in May, obviously didn't happen oh, in yeah, 2020. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, yeah. so that's been moved um, to this autumn. the autumn term. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's fascinating as well, because, again, if, if you've... If, have you ever had a good chance to look into the uh, phonics screening checks, listeners? I'm sure you know that uh, you know it's a it's a it's a standardised assessment. So therefore, it, it's designed to be done at a particular time so that we can compare results year on year and so on. And yet this year we've decided to we'll just do it this year in October and we'll treat it as if it's the same, although it's not. Well, so um, yeah. this yeah, it is interesting, mm. uh, right? Mm. So uh, year two children. Because normally it's done in year one. And of course, they missed it when they did, were, were in year one because of lockdown. Yeah. So they are doing it this autumn term. So all year two children are due to do the phonics assessment by the end of this term. And it should be submitted to local authorities by the 22nd of January or something by the collection. That's right. Yeah. Right. So that, yeah. that's that's what, and they got to use a previous year's phonics um, assessment. I don't think it stipulates which one. So you've got to use a previous year's phonics assessment this term. And any year two child that doesn't pass it this time round will take it again at the end of the year, so June, alongside the year one children. So normally they take it in year one, and if they don't pass it in year one, they take it again in year two, but they're compressing it. Children who were in year two last year, who are now in year three, who didn't uh, pass the phonics check um, first time around, should have done it the second time around in June, didn't get the opportunity to do it second time around in June, are not required to take it again this term when they are in autumn of year three. They are not required. It does state that in the guidance. Wow. So there you go. I think I got that right. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, uh, again, you know, it's, it, everything's quite simple at the moment, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah. another thing for us to consider, exactly. There's just so much going on at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that, uh, that you know, it's, it's, it's been one of the oddest terms that I've ever experienced. Just because we're all trying to work in bubbles and we're trying to manage things within school, it really is, has not been easy. Obviously, we've been yeah, working hard on um, Data Proof Your School, the book which we're working on, which is due next year. Um, which again, for those mm. who are tuning in, you know, it's a how-to guide. We keep being asked, you know, just basically what should we do? Yeah, we want some clear direction. It's a how-to guide, guide as to how and why you should yeah. take control of your assessment. So what we thought we'd have a look at in this podcast is looking at um, what you need to consider when you're looking at assessment data um, this term. Now, yeah. lots of decisions will have been made in schools, and I know lots of you will have have um, decided to to do something. But we're just looking at some of the things which you might want to consider um, just the, you know, the positives from any assessments you might have done and the areas where you might need to, to 
just to exercise some caution. Yeah. 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 So again, have you found this then, Jamie? Because obviously you've been talking to lots of schools about I have, um, I have. assessments and baselining, uh, which we're now so, referred to it, uh, referring to it all at the moment. My life is on Zoom at the moment. And my <laughs> life is uh, either talking to schools about Insight, obviously, and about how to use Insight. And may, most of those conversations are about, right, well, we've done all these baseline assessments. Where do we put this data and what should we do with it? And what does it tell us? So that's been really, really useful. Um, now, obviously, I'm talking to primary schools. Um, mm -hmm. through that work it's, it's, it's all primary schools but you know you're getting a sense of things on Twitter for example that are going on in secondaries but the, the, mm. I suppose the, the primary schools are in quite a good position because yes obviously they're focused on the wider curriculum yes but they are you know let's be honest they're going to be more focused on core subjects at the moment you know mm. they're, they're, there's been a massive break a big break in learning and the one thing mm. they do need to ascertain is has there been a major impact on children's ability, uh, learning, memory in, in, in maths? And um, has there been a big dip in their uh, reading ability and, and, and writing? I mean, writing, I think most schools, so schools I'm speaking to, writing has suffered. Mm -hmm. There's right. been this big discussion in school about, you know, learning loss is, is the phrase that we yeah, keep hearing. Um, um, learning loss and then recovery curriculums and so on. So, so yes, but there is this a sense of how do we actually assess what level of learning loss we're looking at, um, again, for different groups and across, across schools. So it's an interesting term, learning mm. loss. And, and mm. I think I mentioned to you that I had a conversation mm. with um, Liz Twist from uh, NFER and whether it's appropriate to say learning loss, because mm. have they actually lost any when they didn't get taught it in the first place? And actually, maybe they've, they've perfectly well remembered the stuff that they'd learnt. You know, mm. maybe we're, we're like... Um, uh, over it exaggerating or, or maybe uh, worry too much about them forgetting stuff. I mean, they're bound to have forgotten some things and that's the point of doing the baseline assessment. But is it loss when they didn't learn it in the first place? So, um, but so uh, conversations I've had with schools have been really, really interesting. Um, the one uh, overwhelming kind of story that come out of these conversations is in primary schools is that maths uh, has, most schools, maths has uh, suffered because the way it's taught and the stuff that they didn't get taught. Maths has suffered, reading's fine. Um, mm -hmm. Often reading is absolutely fine. So they do a baseline assessment and we'll, we'll talk in a minute about what tests they're choosing to use and, and, and what that data tells you. But yeah, there's, mm -hmm. the um, story is that, they, that the reading is, uh, re reading seems, seems to be okay. Writing's got really rusty and maths because there, is, there are chunks of things they didn't get taught uh, yet. That's, that's, that's where there's, there's a lot catching up to do. And I think uh, the other thing, again, particularly from a primary perspective, is that, um, you know, the, way it's, the, the rhythm of the school year these days tends to be that there are, um, there are assessments at the end of the summer term or you know, the, the back end of the summer term. And then in the autumn term, you tend not to assess, um, particularly using um, standardised assessments, you don't tend to do those until the end of the, the autumn term, possibly into the beginning of the spring term. Yes. And then you might do another one at the end of the spring, beginning of the summer, and then one at the end of the summer. Um, so uh, the, you know, a lot of schools have, have settled into that rhythm of doing sort of three big-ish assessments, um, possibly two assessments across the course of the year. And again, because of the making data work documents and all of the advice that's come from uh, central government, schools have tried um, uh, to reduce the amount of, uh, of um, standardised, you know, 
um, assessment which they're, they're doing. So therefore, in this current situation where we didn't have those assessments in the summer, certainly I say the school where I work, we, we've had a good look at um, where, where the children are. We use September to settle them into school, yeah. but the last couple of weeks we have been doing some assessments because we didn't have them in the summer. Yeah. And then that's a difficulty because, of course, there aren't really any assessments that you can, you can put your hands on that are designed to be done five weeks into the autumn term. Yeah, so I think that mm. um, I think that NFER did a project, didn't they, for junior mm. schools where they kind mm. of re-standardised a, mm -hmm. a year three test or maybe an end of year two test or something um, mm. for, for, the, for the specific purpose of, of using it at the beginning of year three as a sort of a year three baseline. But mm -hmm. yeah, so what most schools have done, um, inevitably, is they've chosen mm. to use the end of the previous year's test. So, for example, you've got a year five child, you use the summer year four uh, test. Now, most mm -hmm. schools that choose to use standardized tests are doing three a year. Mm -hmm. If you're doing a fixed paper-based test, um, most mm -hmm. are using um, termly uh, tests in reading mm -hmm. and maths and maybe in grammar punctuation and spelling as well. So mm -hmm. uh, it, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it, that you would um, use uh, an end of previous year's test. But there are, of course, problems here. Uh, the first problem is, and, and this is something that I, I spoke to Liz about, um, that even under normal circumstances, well, you're not really, for a start, you're not comparing like with like. Like you just said, it's not really designed for. There are no tests really designed for that point mm -hmm. in time. Mm -hmm. So you're using a test that was designed for a different point in time. Now, normally, you would expect, even under normal circumstances, you would expect to see a drop-off a bit over the summer. They get a bit rusty. They even just, like, get a bit rusty at doing assessments, doing tests. It's not necessarily they've forgotten stuff, but it's like playing the test game, maybe. Yeah, it's a, it's a well-established finding in educational research that there is a drop-over over the summer holidays. Yeah, sure. It's usually based on American systems where they have much longer summer holidays. Oh, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it definitely, there is definitely a loss yeah. for certain groups of children. But, as, but So overall, there's learning loss, yeah. even though some children will have been done fine. It's that some children really won't have done very much at all over the summer. So, that's, yeah. that's right. So, so they have, uh, there's, under normal circumstances, there is a, a drop. And um, mm. what you're doing is, uh, but if you were to do that normally, you would, of course, be comparing your new year five children to a sample of children at the end of year four for whom that end of your test, end of year four test was designed for. Um, so yeah. it, it's not perfect, even under normal circumstances, because you're not really comparing like with like. And then we mm. factor in that they've had this much bigger gap in learning um, and uh, and, and, and they have, there's stuff that they haven't been taught. Um, so, and, and there's all the other things that have gone alongside, you know, all the other issues that, that maybe they've experienced during this, this period. So you are effectively, going back to the year four, year five thing, you are comparing your new year five COVID affected, lockdown affected cohort to a non-COVID affected, non-cohort affected uh, year four sample cohort that had access to all the learning up to that point so it's mm. not yeah. ideal yeah. but then having said that lots of schools said we've done those tests and actually the schools weren't that bad um mm. they were they in mm. maths maybe they're on the low side mm. and some schools have said yeah some of them were pretty diabolical but actually mm. the reading they're not as bad mm. as we thought 
Exactly. And I think the thing which, which I, on reflecting and, and looking at what we're doing in my school and doing, uh, seeing what's happening elsewhere, is that you really need to consider, and I think lots of people will be thinking about this, if you've chosen, let's say, in, you know, in the last few weeks to do an assessment which was designed to be um, taken when the children were um, four or five months um, young, uh, four or five months ago, um, then you need to, to be aware that your, your results may be overinflated and that if you're choosing one in the future, they may be, they may be underrepresented. Um, uh, so you need to be aware of that. The thing which I have found um, where I've done some assessments, done some standardised assessments, um, is to then just basically standardise the score for, for the cohort for the class. Um, which then gives you the spread across mm -hmm. your class. So at least you can say, you know, are the children who we previously thought were, were, were ahead of the pack, are they still there? Are those behind the pack, are they still mm -hmm. where they were? Has there been any big change? Yeah. Uh, and that, I, I think if you're doing that, that can be quite useful. But this all fits into the message which we have in Data Proof Your School, which is that your assessment should be building a picture of children over time. So rather than just looking at where they were the last time you took a photograph of them, you should have a lot of photographs of them, yeah. as well as quite a lot of narrative around where the children are yeah um, so that if you're doing any assessments now what you're trying to see really is is there anything that that we didn't expect to see here is there a child who really has um yeah. changed significantly one yeah. way or another yeah. yeah yeah so um what a couple of things uh one was um the in, in on that subject the confidence intervals Mm. So some tests mm. provide confidence intervals. I, I know you, you know, yeah. your opinion on this, yeah. you know, and I, I totally you know, understand that. Yeah. But at least it gives us some idea of the uncertainty around a child's score yeah. and the spread there. Mm -hmm. and, and with scores at the maybe at the, the lower end and the extreme ends of the uh, norm mm. you know, scale, that um, standardized score scale, that you, you'll have these wider confidence intervals. And in the middle of, you know, the children that are getting around sort of the average sort of scores around between sort of 90 and 110 or whatever, there tends to be sort of mm. uh, a smaller confidence interval. But maybe what schools can do is if they're trying to work out if that's quite an extreme drop uh, from one point mm. to another between that the, they did, say, a spring assessment and then you've uh, you done, done this sort of baseline assessment, um, mm. you can compare maybe the confidence intervals and see if there's any overlap. And if there's no overlap, then maybe that tells you something interesting. And if there is overlap, maybe it doesn't. Because a lot of schools would think, oh, look, it's dropped by five points. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I think you need to exercise a lot of caution there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your other point? Uh, right, the, the other mm, point mm, um, mm. was, um, are you going to get me head around this one, that uh, they, the, the tests will tell you how your cohort that have been affected by this whole situation compare to a cohort that haven't. Because the reference sample that it's the scores are based on standardised against didn't endure all this. So that's that's an issue. And so it, it, that's kind of useful because it means that what you're, what you're seeing is how your cohorts that have been affected by all this compared to normality, I suppose, that the normal, whatever normal is now, I think I vaguely remember average. Um, but but if all these schools have got low scores and all over the country, schools have got really low scores, which actually in reading doesn't look like it's so much of a case, but in maths, you know, you might be looking at it thinking, oh, my God, look at these low scores. What it doesn't tell you is if they are abnormally low, because low is kind of fine. Low might be all right. Yeah, don't worry about the low. You know, but but it'd be really interesting to see if they are abnormally low, and for them to do and to be able to get that information, there'd need to be a kind of a re-standardisation, wouldn't there, on this cohort, this mm. particular mm. cohort, and and obviously that exactly. can't really happen.
um, yeah. with the situation we have. So it will tell you how they compare to normal, normal, but it won't tell you how they compare to all the other schools that are in this situation right now. So it may look alarming, mm. but everyone else is probably looking at theirs thinking exactly the same thing. Exactly. And I think one of the other things, um, again, particularly within primary, um, the, the, the maths tests are often used um, uh, in a diagnostic way. Um, people are using them to, to see if there are areas where they think that cohorts are, are, um, are struggling and so on. And I think that's quite difficult because when you look at the, the maths tests, if you've got termly maths tests, they tend to be quite, I mean, they're quite closely tied to the curricula that theoretically are being taught in schools, depending on what you're doing. So I think, again, you need to be very, very wary about that. There was a good um, article which Dylan William wrote, which I'll put into the show notes in this one. Um, again, saying that you need to look at the overall picture of what the assessment tells you, mm. um, rather than um, trying to make too many assumptions based on whether children answer a test item correctly well, yeah. or not. Um, and that, I mean, you need to do that usually, but in this case, you really need to be very careful because the test items, they will tell you which children are able to get those test items correct, but it's not really going to tell you too much about you know, whether they should have got them correct no, or not. No, and, and that's, that's, mm. a, yeah, that's an important point. So a lot of schools are saying yeah. that they're, yeah. tr they're treating the schools mm with a pinch of salt you know they're not really yeah. too focused on although having said that mm. you know there are schools saying mm. oh we've got to report something to governors so we're going to report this to governors and and depending on mm. where you draw your threshold or whatever then the percentage you know you're going to be mm. reporting really really low percentages um mm. of children working at expected standards or whatever to to governors and that might be mm. quite alarming um but then mm. i suppose on the plus side it can only go up <laughs> Well, well, can it? Maybe we'll go down. Hopefully, <laughs> Let's hope so. Hopefully, it will, you know, yeah. it will only go up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, treat treat the schools with a pinch of salt. But then, uh, then the mm. same. But what we're really interested in is that question eleven analysis. So we're, we're interested mm. in uh, which which questions they answered uh, uh, incorrectly, correctly, and incorrectly, and and how they you know arrived at that that answer. Uh, we're interested in that sort of fine fine detail. But of course, you know, we've spoken to each other a long mm. time, uh, a, a lot about standardised tests, and it's pretty much what you were saying a minute ago. There are going to be mm. questions in there that that mm. you know yeah. that are designed to uh, test the the very highest uh, ability mm. that, that that very few children will be able to answer. You know, and 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 if they haven't been taught that thing, then why should they be able to answer it? And some schools will have covered that particular bit before the whole lockdown thing and and therefore they do a little bit better and some schools may not have covered that bit and therefore mm. so yeah yeah, I'd be very wary about using any standardised tests, you know, at a, at, in the in the last few weeks or in the next couple of weeks, um, in a diagnostic way, um, because of the issues which we've which we've uh, discussed. That's, I think so that's really what they what are doing. doing. I think that's what schools yeah. are doing. That's but their I think primary exactly, purpose well, for doing them. Yeah, is that, I think my recommendation for schools would be to to do a um, a lot of um, sort of mini quizzes, mini assessments, yeah. where you're doing, you know, giving children questions and asking them. You're, you're getting them to try questions. You might want to do it in a sort of, uh, you know. In a, in a slightly formal um, assessment, but do them as a short thing where you're really trying to diagnose whether the, where the children yeah. are. And, you know, teachers are going to have to work on that themselves um, to, to figure out how they can use that kind of, a, you know, a, say, um, that sort of formative assessment to try and work out what children may or may yeah. not have done, which I think a lot of people are doing. But again, I'd, I'd really be recommending that people use sort of small quizzes and, and low stakes um, assessments to, to give you an insight as to where you think the gaps might be or, or um, the areas which you need Absolutely. to support children. Absolutely. But, but what has been quite encouraging mm. is you know, when schools are saying, we did these tests uh, and actually mm. the results were not as bad as we thought. Um, mm. And, and yeah. I've had conversations with a few head teachers that, 
that were there, there's concern that maybe we could um, uh, kind of overestimate like the impact of this break mm. in learning that actually, you know, you could think that it's really, yeah. in fact, I had a, a conversation with a, um, a teacher quite recently about their own child um, and mm. that they were concerned that the child was coming back with, with work that was actually, you know, they'd gone backwards. They were doing mm. stuff that they, they're like revisiting yeah. something, but she's got like no problems with this. It's mm. fine. She's all right. Mm. Um, could, mm. Is there a risk there that we just, um, just assume that they can't do things? Um, and we overestimate yeah, exactly. how much they've lost or forgotten or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah. So a few head teachers I've spoken to have have said said just that. So I, I think that this, the standardised tests that they've run um, have been often quite encouraging. Saying, "Oh, we're quite surprised actually. They they did all right. They did all right." Mm. And the other thing is, mm. they said they often saying they quite enjoyed it. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, children like to show what they can. You know, most of them, not all. Well, children, no, I know, those I know. children who struggle don't like it. But most controversial. Most children, you know, again, it's not. It's not controversial. A but maybe they quite and, enjoy it. Uh, exactly. I think the other thing which I'm also uh, uh, again talking to schools about and really getting people to think about is, and I'm sure you're beginning to understand this in schools, but you know, we're going to see children um, out of school for various bits of um, time. Um, and now, if you've got, you know, in a primary school, if a whole bubble bursts, all of the children need to self-isolate for a couple of oh, weeks. Yeah. They're probably being taught by the teacher, and so they're, they're, there's some commonality in what they're being taught and what they're learning. Um, but where you've got children who are self-isolating for, for individual reasons or for family reasons and they're dropping in and out of school, I really think that schools need to be this year, this term of all terms and this year of all years, you need to be using your, your um, um, attendance data um, to really keep a track of the children who may be slipping through gaps or where things might be dropping, yeah. which is something which usually, you know, a lot of schools, you just, you know, a few children, the child's not here today, it doesn't matter too much. But where a child's going out for four or five days at a time, you know, there are going to be some big gaps there, which you can track and you can then um, look at um, working with those children as they come back in uh, school. But thinking about how that affects you as you're, in your context, if you've got big chunks of children in and out, how are you tracking that? What are you doing yeah. to actually make yeah. sure that um, that you're trying and, to And of that? course, this is the big concern mm. about national mm. testing. Um, if if it happens mm. um, uh, this yeah. year, that uh, if we go back to the full accountability regime with the tests at Key Stage 2 and GCSE, what have you, and, um, and I'm not saying don't do mm. it, but I'm just, I'm just worried, as always, I'm just concerned about accountability rather than the tests themselves. Mm. Uh, it's not, not really the yeah. test that's the issue, it's the way that that data is used. And particularly now, I mean, under normal circumstances, I have a problem with it. Um, but but mm. uh, particularly now, with uh, it's hardly a level playing field. Um, no, exactly. Again, you know, the thing which we talk about a lot in data busting, you know, are the children, are they in school? Are they in class? Are they focused? Are they learning? You know, this year... The first of those, just making sure the children are in school, yeah. you know, or effectively, you know, you know, accessing school, um, either from home or from, you know, within the buildings. Um, that's that's going to be a massive challenge. And as you say, you know, it's not really going to be no. a level playing field across no. the piece because we know that COVID is affecting different areas of the country and different socioeconomic groups and so on. Um, and therefore, again, I think it's incumbent on all of us to really think about what's happening in school. And yes, the national picture you know, things will be done to us nationally, mm. but I think people just need to really get on and focus with what's happening mm. in the schools and recognise that, that hopefully, you know, those who are talking to the government are uh, ensuring that the the voice of schools is mm. being heard, that it isn't a level playing field. It won't be this year. Yeah. Well, but I still, I still wonder if we're going to end up with uh, performance tables next year. Um, well, 
Exactly, and how that might do. And I think it's a difficult thing in schools, I think, because I think you kind of have to move forward assuming that those things are going to happen. But but really, that's not where you should um, be running your school. You should be focusing plus, on everything else. Yeah. Wasn't there supposed to be... Wasn't there, wasn't there a possibility that they were going to publish performance tables for secondary schools this year? Um, uh, I don't know why I haven't sure heard the latest on, on that Someone, tweeted, someone, someone that. said this mm. on Twitter. Mm. Uh, and, yeah. you know, you can't do a double take. You're, what? Because I know they're not for primary schools. There definitely won't be a performance table for uh, published for primary schools. Do you mean following summer, summer yeah. 2020? Because I, I would, exactly, I, I mean, if they do, then hopefully that will be treated with. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I just it deserves. Um, I'm sure yeah, exactly. that, that was yeah. a thing, yeah. a possibility. Uh, well, anyway, um, we we need to look into that. Someone would, someone will tell us exactly. See what see what they come up with that one. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, so, I, so I think the, the the long and the short of all of this, though, just in thinking about assessment at the moment and where we are at the moment, is is you know one of the key issues in any um, standardised test is um, the validity of the test, which is a property of the mm. test and so on. And just thinking about you know a property of the inferences that you make from the, the test, you know, and uh, how valid are the the results in terms of you being able to to um, make assumptions based on the assessments you've done. And I'd say this term, you need to be very very careful about it. You're probably have done some kind of assessments um and you're probably being very cautious but uh but be more cautious than you might yeah yeah consider, so here's an yeah. example yeah. of this i mean i've been yeah. speaking to mats mm. quite a lot um two big mm. mats last week and they they're all doing standardized mm. tests so the first question i ask is are you all doing the same standardized tests and uh mm -hmm. most mats they are, but not mm -hmm. in all maths. Some maths go, well, we, we use this test. And you go, oh, right, well, we use this one. And they're mm. using like maybe two or three different mm. uh, test providers for the test they're using. Mm. Um, and then the next question yeah. is, uh, do you all do them in the, at the same time under the same conditions? Yep. And that's, that is where mm -hmm. they start going, yep. well, mm. yep. so hang on. Yep. You're collecting data centrally in your math. And yeah. you're looking at standards mm. across the map and you're trying to pick up on where things are, there's areas of concern. And that school mm. did tests in like the first week or two. And this one has only just mm. done them. And that one's just about to do them next week. That's, you know, yep. that's, exactly. oh, as long as you do yep. them within the first it's half bit, term, um, you know, well, no, yeah. that's, that's not tight yeah. enough. Um, no, yep. I'm doing a big project with a mat at the moment. I'm just thinking about exactly those things. You know, how do you, how do you use standardised tests across a whole bunch of schools uh, in a way that's um, you know that that will actually provide you useful information which you can then act on. Um, and you do you know all that standardisation has to happen. And you know we're getting there and it's working, but, you, the, but it the, takes a while to yeah. get everybody um, phonics, ready for it. You know, you mentioned phonics mm. at the very start of all this, mm. and, and and phonics mm. would normally be done in a week. There's overall course of a week, mm. so it's fairly tight on on the shed, on scheduling. Um, but but now it's like, well, do it at some point before December or or before the you know the end of this term. Sorry. Yeah. So that's quite yeah. loose. Mm. That's quite a loose arrangement. Mm. Um, mm. You know, there's schools using uh, their their baseline um, now using a standardised test. Okay, it's for the end of last year, uh, but that's pretty. Mm pretty appropriate for you know using an end of year three test for year four children whatever is fairly you know right and appropriate but obviously there's a lot of schools using mm. um previous year sats papers for new year six children like now and i know that mm. they they do this under normal circumstances mm. but they're just all going to get low school mm -hmm. they're not going to tell you anything 
No, exactly. Yeah, and uh, that is that's oh. not unusual in in a lot of year six classes where where um, sats. And again, you know, um, it's that thing of just helping schools to understand that if you try and use an end of key, uh, year six sats paper at the beginning of year six, it will the results that you get won't have a, and, a great and, deal of validity. And it's still worrying um, um, that there are still mm. schools out there that are confusing. Mm. Uh, the difference between mm. scaled scores and standardised scores, which is this age-old thing, you know, yes, that's still absolutely. going on. And, and, As, and, and you say, yeah. you, you do know that they're mm. different, don't you? Yeah. Right. You know that they're different. You know the difference between, like, norm referencing and criterion referencing. You, know, you understand? Mm. Right. OK, let's go through this. Yeah. Um, you, cannot, you cannot be comparing yeah. <laughs> that those that the, 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 yeah. the standardized tests for that point in time is appropriate for that point in time. And the standardized scores will be, you know, quite you should have quite a distribution. Uh, you, you're just going to get low yeah. scale scores and you, they're not the same scale. Exactly. They're not the same thing. You cannot compare. The one does not convert directly into the other. They're, they're, they're not the same thing. So stop doing that. Yeah, exactly. And I know lots of people are listening will know, but if you're not sure, we'll get, put something in the show yeah, notes. You can have a look at that. Out, but, uh, exactly. Still because, a bit of a worry. Well, you'd, again, uh, I'm, uh, lots of people do, but again, if you don't, and if you're one of our listeners who doesn't know that, we'll put it in the show notes and have a look. And just, again, just it's yet another thing that, uh, that you need Indeed. to be aware of if you're going to talk about yes. numbers in schools. Excellent. Well, I think we should wrap up now. I think we've got uh, enough there um, to, for schools to just to really think about what they're doing, be aware of the validity of any assessments you're doing, re be really, really cautious yeah. on using them in yeah. a diagnostic way. Um, if, the, if, there's, if you're using an assessment which isn't designed for the point when you take it, um, and just it will be interesting to see what we get back, um, what any feedback that we hear from people as to how they found this period of assessment. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it moves as we move into the spring term when we will we'll be able to, you know, things will calm down a little bit and we'll have a bit more of a sense of, of how the land lies heading into, uh, cool. into the summer term. So there you have it. The Data Busters podcast is published monthly during the academic year and is available on all good podcast outlets. If you like what we're doing, please do recommend us to others and spread the word. If you have any questions, feel free to send in a voice recording or contact us on Twitter, either at DataBusting or at Jay Pembroke. Next month, we're looking at the thorny issue of tracking in the early years, which Jamie has been looking at in his latest blog, which you can find in the show notes. So until next time, we hope our discussions here have helped you to decide what to do now, and best of luck. Keep data busting.